I don't know who you are. I'm, uh, the famous balloon thief. Why would a thief want to give me two pounds? Here, I'll explain it to you. Thank you. Yes, sir? A naked American man stole my balloon. Whistles. Yeah. Um, so, it could <laughs> no more realistically, they were a, adopted by a prostitute. But <laughs> that wouldn't be so mythical. No. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. I know you hit record five minutes ago. Not quite five minutes. Oh yeah, <laughs> the Jason prayer candle. <laughs> yeah, there, there's um, maybe some new ones. Yeah, I've not seen that. Oh, here, flip through these. Got it, got it, got it. Need it. Oh, <laughs> don't want it. I'll swap one of my Pazuzus for your pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> I want uh, what the the Carpathian. Whatever. Oh, Vigo the Carpathian. Vigo. Yeah. We'll make that happen for you. There was something else. There was some other painting that I was like, oh, that would be great. The nude from The Shining? No, no. <laughs> As a candle. Oh, yeah. There was a terrible painting like that in, in Wolf Cop. Did you notice? I didn't notice. I was I was uh, sort of maybe two-thirds watching and one-third turning and working. Oh, okay. I, I was, I was uh, background watching it at work. Okay. Let's... let's do an intro and then start talking about this shit. Hello, welcome to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. Podcast where we talk about horror movies of all eras. Let's say that now, because, you know, past and present, that's... We're never talking about the future. Why, do, why don't we talk about <laughs> something that hasn't been made yet? Yeah. Like uh, Wolf Cop 2. We did mention they're doing a new Invisible Man. Oh, we yeah. We did. That's right, with Johnny Depp. Yeah, that's not out for two years. Oh man! That's how how on the ball we are. <clears throat> yeah. Wow! I already panned it. It was crap, <laughs> or it will be crap. Will be crap. <laughs> I can see the future. <laughs> so, let's say thank you to the Moonrays for giving us that wonderful song at the beginning called "Intro Creature Features." We play that at the top of every show, and uh, you can find their music on Amazon or iTunes. You can find them on Facebook pretty easily. They are the moon dash rays. There's another moon rays that doesn't have the dash in the middle. And they're no good. Mm, we don't mix with them. They may be evil. I don't know. I think they're an acapella group. So <laughs> so that makes them evil, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, also, thank you, dear listeners. I'm going to pull up the stats here from SoundCloud. 
from the last 30 days. The last 30 days of night. And let's look at the top countries that have been listening to us. Of course, the United States, because we live here. But we have Australia, Slovenia, Norway, Italy, Sweden, Japan, Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Singapore, Germany, Belgium, Bosnia, Herzegovina, France, Poland, Mexico, Guatemala. Just to name a few. I've only been to one of the, well, two of those. I've been to a couple of those. Um, top cities. Avondale, Arizona, or maybe it's Avondale. I, I, I'm assuming it's Avondale. But, well, Denver, of course, because, well, we live here. Avondale, uh, Los Angeles, California, Buffalo, New York, Mesa, Arizona. Um, I can't pronounce that city. It's in Slovenia. I'm sorry, but you're awesome. Um, Wald Lake. Where is that? Littleton, Colorado, Anaheim, California, Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, Coburg, Australia, Longmont, <clears throat> Colorado, Rome, Italy, Ski, Norway, um, Belmore, New York, San Francisco, California, and, oh man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pronounce these, <laughs> Falkoping, Sweden, Falkoping, Sweden, I don't know, anyway, um, Tokyo, Japan, Atwater, California, a lot of cities listening to us, thank you so much for listening to us, we do appreciate it. If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, uh, that really does help other people find us. That's it for the housekeeping. Let's talk about what we've watched since last time. <laughs> Not much. I have a short list. I have a real short list. I watched uh, the first episode of the fourth season of The Americans. Started earlier this year, but mm -hmm. we were watching. Is that the one about Better Call like Saul? Deep cover Russian spies. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that one good. too. I like it a lot. Yeah. I watched that one also. So uh, that's the the latest season. Yeah. Yep. I watched that too. We're back, you know, whatever, however many weeks. Yeah. I only watch one show at a time, really. But that's nice because you can binge watch if you want. I try not <clears> to. <throat> We've tried to go back to the weekly schedule. No kidding. Yeah. We can only watch one Better Call Saul a week. We can only watch one Americans a week. Oh. The Americans mainly because I feel like I'm overly tense after an episode. Because <laughs> the, it is just pins and needles the whole time. You don't oh, know yeah. who's going to die, when, and what's going to happen. It's very nerve-wracking. And their portrayal of spycraft is really good. Yeah. I mean... The technology of the time, it's now into the early 80s. Um, they they depict how effectively people can use clunky technology that was very high-tech at the time. And it's a lot of fun to watch. I really do enjoy it. So um, having said that, uh, Better Call Saul and the Americans, is that pretty much what you've watched? Yeah, that's about it. No movies? Um, no, no, no movies really. I've just been drawing and not turning anything on. Yeah. Listen oh. to Dana Gould podcast. I went and saw him live. Oh, how was it? It was awesome. He's so funny and he had his opening acts were all great. Uh, I had this in mind for months because I had an idea for a print, um, which was going to be Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes, which I happen to know is his favorite, but I love Planet of the Apes. And I had done another print previously that was meant to look like Warhol's Double Elvis, but it was General Urko action figure, which is on the wall right behind Will. And um, so I made this um, I made this print 
years ago and thought it'd be kind of fun to do Dr. Zayas wearing Elvis's gold tux. Yeah. And uh, so I did. Uh, and it, it was in my computer, like after I drew it, it was in my computer needing color separations and lots of cleanup and touch up. And I thought, I'm going to give myself a deadline. I want to hand one of these to Dana Gould because he lived in Riley McDowell's old house. And uh, he owns a screen-used Dr. Zayas costume, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And he does own the statue of the lawmaker, which is another mm-hmm. orangutan. Uh, we all know who the lawmaker we is. We do, but for our listeners, it was a statue used in uh, one of the sequels. Uh, Battle. Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Thank you, Jillian. Um, I can always rely on you for this sort of thing. <laughs> when I go, uh, um, um, <laughs> it's, it's always... Uh, yeah. How do I sew in a button? Oh, no idea. How do I fix my car? See, I can, I can where's it. the lawmaker statue in Planet of the Apes? Oh, I know that. I can change a tire <laughs> and some other stuff. But anyway, so I made I made the print. I'm talking about me. I don't know anything useful. Yeah, okay. I'm much the same. I know a few things, but you know, there's always stuff you don't know, and I can't play a piano. Um, I don't want to mess with. Plumbing or gas? <laughs> oh, I have fun with plumbing. Oh, yeah. You can have fun yeah, with it. You can't blow up. You can just get messy. <laughs> yeah, plumbing's <laughs> yeah, just cold and wet. Touch, yeah. you flood your house. Electricity can kill you, but plumbing, you're probably not going to die. <laughs> this is what people are tuning in for. Oh, from, very nice. From so, around the world. So what kind of plumbing tips do you have for us this week, Jolien? <laughs> well, when... <laughs> Well, we try not this new uh... sinks. <laughs> you put, you stick your brush through a plastic bag so that it covers the hole, oh. so that when you're plunging it, it doesn't spat all all up in your face. That's an excellent tip. <laughs> well, you. that's it for There'll this week of plumbing week. tips and horror <laughs> movies. <laughs> Welcome to the horror movie plumbing cast. Okay, so back to the story. I made I made um, a short run of of these prints of Gold Zayas, as I call it. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I'm going to go see Dana Gould live at the Comedy Works in downtown Denver, and I'm going to bring him a print, and most of the comedians will go and sign stuff at a table right after. And I thought, I want him to have one. I don't care for any publicity it might get me or any bullshit like that. I just want this guy to have one because he gets it. Mm. And um, my buddy Paul and I went. We waited for some people to clear out of the aisle. What, was and, this last weekend? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, last Thursday, and uh, so we so we just walked out into the aisle, and everything's very narrow in this little underground club. And uh, I got over to where the bar and the little ticket area were, and noticed the card table with the stack of posters and the sharpies. And I asked the guy, "Hey, is this where Dana's going to be?" Duh, and he said, "Yeah." And so I stepped over to the side, which I was the first in line, holding my poster tube, and Dana walked up and. He said hi to everybody on the way up, and uh, I told him, hey, great show, thank you. And uh, he said, thanks, man. And uh, I said, I've got a gift for you. And I unrolled this poster out of the tube um, backwards. So he saw the head and the feet. And he goes, holy shit, that's cool. (laughs) And I said, you don't even know what it is. You haven't seen it yet. And he he goes, yeah, that's Dr. Zayas wearing Elvis's gold tux. (laughs) Holy shit, man. I shit you not. That's what happened. Wow. So that was really cool. And he was... He was very impressed with it. He, he was very happy to have a copy of it. Mm. And I thought, I was right. This guy gets it. Excellent. And um, he said, we got to get you on the poster rotation, which 
means he uses different poster artists for every show. Mm. And uh, I would dig it. And I had a couple of great ideas for what could be a Dana Gould poster. And I won't say them on the air. So, <clears throat> or on the show, we're not really on the air. Uh, so that was, that was exciting. Um, I did watch um, the Americans at Better Call Saul also. Hmm. And uh, just to get this out of the way, because it's pretty, pretty short, and pretty limited. Um, I did see the remake of, not remake, but the uh, Vacation, which was titled Vacation, but is not meant to be a remake necessarily. Sort of a retelling of a similar story. Uh, it's supposed to be the young boy from the original movie, grown up with his own family, doing a very similar trip. It was, I expected it to be awful, and it wasn't bad. It was watchable. What vacation is this? Um, it's just, I think it's just called Vacation. I don't know if they gave it any little okay. taglines or anything, but it's the dude from The Hangover whose name escapes me right now. The one who's uh -huh. a dentist who pulls his own tooth out. You're doing a great job. I'm selling it, aren't I? <laughs> You're selling this movie. <laughs> and here's the big spoiler warning for the rest of the show. We will be spoiling things we talk about. There's a cameo by Chevy Chase at the end. And I can oh, okay. And so I, is it like a remake of National Lampoon's well, vacation? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That, that vacation. I'm I, sorry. I didn't understand your question. Yeah. I didn't realize what vacation. That's what I thought you were talking about. But. And personally, I don't think Chevy Chase is that funny. Maybe I'm a dick for saying that. I don't think he's funny. Uh, so the fact that he had a cameo, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so Cops and Robertsons is probably my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> also, last week we talked about Memoirs of an Invisible Man, oh, my second man. favorite film, also starring Chevy Chase. Wait a minute. Is your favorite The Wicker Man starring uh, Nick Cage? No, no. That's number three. <laughs> uh, well... Jolien, what have you watched? I, I went to see a show this weekend, which was uh, Holy Holy. Uh, you know, they're on tour. They've been on tour for the last couple of years. Uh, it was amazing. I could never go on tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they were fantastic. It was a really good show. Yeah, I, I saw I you. recommend that. You posted about it. Where were they? Red Rocks? At the Summit. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're playing smaller venues. But it was it was pretty packed out, and the Denver crowds are always up for it, and uh, the feedback was really good. So they were is really high energy. They really rocked it. It was is you know loud and heavy and uh, very nice. Kind of you know, the sound was imperfect. You know, it's kind of fuzzy. How good? You know, yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's Did what you, you want. Bootleg? No, you take a recording device. Not. Tape they they to your had leg. actual CDs of their one of their London shows. Oh, we got that, but that was fantastic. And, I did and, like and it. And then they hung out afterwards. So you could meet them, and and we we got like signed posters from. Oh, excellent! The whole band. So, That's always fun. Got to meet Woody Womanzy and Tony Visconti, and yeah, that is cool. Yeah. I like shows like that. Yeah, it's really good. They're just gritty and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no need to be all like, let's play a stadium. Unless you, yeah, have, I, unless I like, you have to. That's about the ideal size venue. Right. I've seen stadium shows, but uh, I like smaller things. Smaller yeah. venues are better, yeah. Definitely. You see a band like Ministry, for example. You know, they could play a bigger hall, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of crowd they would draw these days, but you see them in a smaller theater and it's always better. Mm -hmm. I saw, uh, uh, I went to Wembley Stadium for a concert when I was a kid, uh, which was Queen, and they, they knew how to fill a stadium. I was going to jokingly say, what, well, was a Queen? Yeah, it was a Queen. It was one of, the, yeah. one of the last shows. So, yeah, it was 
status quo, the alarm, uh, in excess, <laughs> and then Queen. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, they knew how to play to uh, seventy thousand people. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> One of the most amazing voices in rock and roll, Freddie Mercury, hands down. I mean, there's there's a handful of people who could really sing. Uh, with no need for studio tricks, he's definitely one of the top. Yep, I think... Uh, There's no need to be able to sing to rock. <laughs> right. I know um, uh, Jenny Beth out of Savages can really... You know, she's got quite a range. And uh, Anna Calvey is great. Anyway, what are we talking about these people for? Yeah, We should, we should be talking <laughs> about werewolves, right? <laughs> well, uh uh, shall I run through movies or so? Yeah, which you want. Quickly. Yeah, yeah, what else? Saw The Forest, the 2016 release. The I think it was made a Suicide year or so Forest ago. in yeah, Japan. Yeah, Aokigahara. And? Uh, so this is like a project that like David Goya wrote. Ooh. Oh, your red flag's going up. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> My stomach just turned. So, yeah, you, you can see uh, like there's little, uh, like one of those little fluff extras where he's talking about it and he's like... He read about this forest, suicide forest, and on uh, Wikipedia, and he's like, he wondered why no one had made the movie about it before. So they made this uh, kind of lame <laughs> movie called The Forest, and uh, uh, but there has been a movie based on it. I was going to say, there's been movies about yeah. that at least. There was a TV movie called Graveyard Halloween, uh, made in 2013, uh, which has got Caitlin Lieb in it. No, and that's just as good as the forest. Oh, so. But uh, during the duller moments, you've got Caitlin Lieb to look at, and she's she's beautiful. Oh, okay. So so there's that. Anyway, um, uh, oh, and it's got this horrible attitude towards Japan as well. Like she goes over, and it's like, oh, isn't Japan weird? And then they eat weird food, and like they eat, they eat stuff that still wriggles, and Ew. it's just <laughs> oh, please. Um, anyway. <laughs> Uh, Flu Birds, two thousand eight. I Is watched that, that one. Like, wait, are we still talking about Japanese food? Is that no? Flu at F L U. Okay. Like the action, the past action yeah. of flying. <laughs> they flew. Flu birds flew. Yeah. Flown birds. <laughs> just, just a bunch of taxidermized birds lying around on the <laughs> ground. Um, yeah, I watched that. Um, because it's got Sarah Butler in it, and uh, I really liked her. In uh, she was in the uh, I Spit on Your Grave reboot remake. Yeah, yeah. She, one and three. I God, believe there's three of those. There are and oh. and remakes. No, I I'm yeah I'm talking about just the remakes. There's three remakes. Yeah. Damn. Uh, why? <laughs> it's interesting because you know how how do you turn that into a franchise? I don't know. How did they turn it into a series yeah. now? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, the first one's basically a remake of the, the 70s movie. Yeah. Uh, but much more nasty. In, oh, okay. In her, like, what she does. Oh, okay. And uh, the second one, it's a different thing where this woman gets carted off to Eastern Europe. Hmm. Uh, but then it you know, goes plays out the same way. And then the, the third one, it's like a follow-up to the first <laughs> remake where she's uh she joins a a, a group uh you know a rape survivors group and and uh uh and she you know decides to start knocking off the people who've been abusing her friends or 
colleagues in All right. various extremely nasty ways. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and we saw the howling, and uh, as as part of our Wolf pack, pack. pack of werewolves theme. And uh, I saw a Christoph Kozlowski film I'd never seen before called Blind Chance. How is that? Have you seen that? I've not, and I I really like his work. Yeah, it's uh, it's like, he, you know, he made these like really kitchen sink kind of realistic movies, and then there's this one is kind of transitional, so it's it's still kind of realistic and very political, but um, it, basically it's this uh, young guy in uh, who uh, he you see various like clips of major life events and like some of them are horrific and some of them are his you know love life or you know his childhood and then then him as a young adult and he runs for a train and then he uh he catches the train and he gets involved in the communist party and it and then it gets up to a certain point and then it cuts back to where he's running for the train and he has a collision with uh, a guard at the station and then his life goes on a different course and he okay and then uh the third one he misses the train for a different reason and he he ends up as this uh like you know family guy wow uh yeah so it's, so it's a larger scale of of the kind of storytelling of run lola run yeah it, it's like that similar idea yeah but uh it, yeah, this is back in 1981 oh so it predates yeah run lola yeah. Run. awesome so it's good to know <laughs> who's the copycat now. And I also saw uh, The Hateful Eight. Oh, how uh, was it? Have yeah. you seen that one? I've not seen it. So that was shot locally up in Telluride. Mm-hmm. And it was shot in like a 70mm Ultra Panavision, which is like fantastic yeah. format. But Tarantino's the last person. Uh, out of all the, the current directors that have made great films, yeah. he'd be the last person I would pick to have this format. Yeah, that's when he was talking about it. It didn't seem like yeah. that was a Tarantino a thing. Yeah, you, you, I I really really hoped that I'd be surprised that he'd make another great film, but you know, again, it's like just people talking and talking and talking and talking, and then blam blam, and mm. it goes on. For, it's it's just shy of three hours. Like the roadshow yeah. version's over three hours long. Ugh. So you get like half an hour where they're in the uh, stagecoach at the start, and you get these spectacular <clears throat> landscapes, just gorgeous. Yeah, but then they 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 all get they're literally nailed into this uh, haberdashery store in the middle of the mountains for the remaining <laughs> two plus hours of the movie, and it's a great cast, but God, it goes on yeah. and on. And for for if it was about something, you could. I mean, I've watched much longer movies and enjoyed them thoroughly, yeah. but it's like this is just the usual thing. Mm. Those guys. You know, coming out, you you can just hear him, hear his keyboard going, all these yeah. great lines they're coming out with, and you've got Sam Jackson doing all these great lines, and, and Kurt Russell, and, you know, it, that crew is really good, but you just know where it's going. Yeah. They're just going to shoot each other. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and it's not about anything, really. Like, aren't people really mean and... Yeah. <laughs> Well, yes, yes, they are. Yes, that's why I didn't go see it in the theater. The isn't first it, isn't isn't like racism nasty. Yeah, first Tarantino I haven't seen in the theater mm. since I don't know whatever came out last. I yeah. went and watched Django Unchained and was not impressed. 
I would say it's the first one I haven't seen in the theater since I first saw Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen all of yeah, them. Yeah, that the would have been since. the first one I would have seen. Yeah, like Reservoir Dogs didn't really get the um, theatrical release it could have if people had any idea how good it was. Yeah, I, I saw that, but at a, at a club cinema. Yeah. I did not care for Reservoir Dogs. Well, it was a good first attempt, I think. I'm glad know. I saw Pulp Fiction before I saw Reservoir Dogs. I would say that's a good thing. Yeah. Now, if he had cast Chevy Chase, <laughs> opposite Nicolas well, Cage. Strangely enough, like, like after uh, Hateful Eight, the next movie I watched was The Beast Must Die, for, which is like a werewolf movie I picked for tonight. Uh-huh. And uh, they both got this, they relate to the thing, uh-huh. because uh, they both got this kind of whodunit set up. And uh, there's, there's, he uses one, you know, he uses uh, Ennio Morricone tracks. Mm-hmm. So there's like a there's an actual track from the thing, oh okay, played over a scene in the Hateful Eight, and, uh, and yeah, Kurt Russell, and there's this whole uh, you know who's you know everyone's pretending to be something else and like who's you know who's the bad guy who's who's in league with the or whether well, all bad to some extent but you know who's linked up with the yeah criminal he's trying to bring in, and you know it's got Kurt Russell and everything so it's really. Uh, yeah, and then, and then the the beast must die has got this whole who done it thing going as well, and there's this there's a scene in it where they're trying to figure out because the whole setup is who's the werewolf, mm-hmm. and um, there's a scene in it where all the suspects are seated around, and uh, he, the the guy who knows he's pure is like passing around the silver bullet, and people have to put it in their mouths, yeah, to see who freaks out and becomes a a werewolf. Wow. Yeah. So that's cool. Is one of those accidental devil bills. I like that. It's kind of like the um, the blood test in in the thing. Yeah. Only. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of that similar vibe. <clears throat> okay. All well, right. I believe that. Uh, I think really that wraps it up. Leads us into. <laughs> this this is what the professionals call a segue. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to be slick. No. No, slick is good. We, we might as well employ a little slickness now and again. So it was pack of wolves this week. We're talking about a pack of wolves. We're, we we all watched werewolf movies. Um, and why not? Because werewolves are awesome. And I think I think lately <laughs> there haven't been enough werewolf movies. Yes. And we're past the glittery bullshit vampire uh, stage of filmmaking. So you both saw Wolf Cop. That was recent, wasn't it? Coincidentally, we both did. Yes, <clears throat> Wolf Cop. Yeah, 2014. Yep. Um, Canadian. I'm going to tell you it's Canadian right now. I thought of that, I uh, thought of saying that too because people are going to be like fucking Americans making these stupid movies. Nope, nope. Oh. It was Canadian. It smelled like maple syrup. It was so Canadian. Uh, that's what I told Jean when she got home. As well, it's Canadian, so she knew exactly what kind of film it was. What was Canadian about it? Oh well, it was very. Uh, I don't know. They, I thought it was America at first because they had a drinking shoot-off or something. <laughs> Drunken hunting days. It was booze and guns. Booze and guns, which sounds American. but They, they were portraying Americans. Then they, they advertised a shop called Liquor Donuts, which was liquor and donuts. And mm. that told me it was Canada. Mm. That's mm. way too sophisticated. Yeah, for Americans, mm. I don't think they'd have a liquor and donut shop. I wish there was a liquor and donut shop. Uh, strange little uh, coincidence here. I passed 
pass by a, a store that's empty and some kids had tagged the back with marker and one of the names was glazed donut killer <laughs> that sounds so dangerous i was like oh man that is an awesome name how did he get that did he eat like a whole dozen donuts not give anybody any or i could eat 50 donuts yeah what was it? always bring a donut for breakfast <laughs> Glazed donut killer. How about crueler hand Luke? <laughs> crueler hand Luke. <laughs> I eat fifty donuts. Oh man! <laughs> I, I did this uh, comics class with these kids yesterday, and uh, and and the, this girl brought in these four volumes of this comic series she'd been working on called Flat Burglar. Flat burglar. <laughs> it was excellent. It was Does really he slip well under done. the door? Well, he, yeah. He, like the first volume, he 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 go he he tries to rub somewhere, but the, he uses too much dynamite, and it, the building falls on him and flattens him. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it follows his subsequent adventures, you know, in and out of jail and living a joyful life of crime. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. I like the creativity kids have. Uh, yeah. Which reminds me. Um, and let's let's move away from Wolf Cop for just a minute for me to say, I was telling Jolien on the way over here, that uh, the storytelling in the 1941 Lon Chaney Jr., um, The Wolfman, uh-huh. uh, it felt like when a six or seven-year-old is telling you a story, like everything, not in a bad way, like mm-hmm. everything's very succinct, yeah, very, very, very simple and very to the point, and there's lots of exposition, so you don't have to wonder about anything for too long. Yeah. And uh, and I looked at the time code in the corner and realized that they had said and done all kinds of stuff like nine minutes into the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <laughs> and, and I do kind of miss the way people would say, why, before things. Um, why, let's go do this. It's, when did that go away? I, I kind of wonder about that. 1972. Probably. May, May of 72. May of 72. So we're coming up on the anniversary yeah. of why going away. Why? But, um, but the context in which that's used is, is kind of funny. Um, so so what happens in the first nine minutes? The Give first, us a rundown. We, we meet the main character, um, Larry Talbot. Yep. On his way to Talbot Castle. In Wales. Uh-huh. In Wales. Uh, he's, he's got um, a carriage ride up there, or, or a car ride up there that looks terrible. It looks fake as can be. And the, and the, um, the matte painting of the castle, or the, however they put it together, looks really good suddenly. It looks, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily look super realistic, but it's in black and white. It looks nice. So, uh, so he goes in and greets his father, who was played by... Claude Rains mm-hmm. from, you know, Invisible Man fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we meet Claude Rains and it's like, you know, it's a terrible shame what happened to your brother. And, uh, you know, there's a painting of his brother on the wall and apparently he's a twin because it's a painting of Lon Chaney Jr. as mm-hmm. Lawrence Talbot. Uh, so we find out that uh, for him to die in a hunting accident like that was just tragic. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Where, okay, so now we've met the guy who's said so much as... Um, hello, son. So, okay, that's his dad. Uh, oh, you know, we're here in Talbot Castle, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, so they own a castle. It's named after them. They've been in this town for generations. He's got a brother who died in a hunting accident. And um, 
Well, being an engineer like I am, I don't know too much about this sort of stuff, but I do know about putting together giant telescopes. You know, <laughs> so he assembles this giant telescope, and immediately we're seeing voyeurism, which is one of the themes of The Invisible Man, mm -hmm. and lots of bicycle riding. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, man, Claude Rains has got to be salivating, mm. thinking about just <laughs> stripping down and jumping on those bikes and riding around. Uh, but but Lawrence, Larry, Larry Talbot, um, uh, who's played by Lon Chaney Jr., um, is spying on this girl who's in an apartment up above an antique shop. Mm. And she's very pretty and, and uh, probably younger than him, but uh, you can see, well, there's some voyeurism going on here. He makes it a point to go to that antique shop and very creepily asks about some earrings and then he mm -hmm. describes the ones she was trying on. <laughs> And it's so creepy and stalkery that there's no way any woman would not be completely freaked out and screaming for help at that point in the story. But uh, he says he's psychic. Every time he meets a pretty girl, he knows everything about her. And he wants to take her out on a date. And she says, I've used that line. Oh, yeah, I'm psychic, man. I move things with my mind, so I'm a telekinetic, too. So he's got... Um, Is it Evelyn Ankers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So tell us some, you have some facts about her? So she was in uh, Invisible Man as well, wasn't she? Oh, was she? Oh, no, she was in one of the sequels, yeah. Oh, okay, right. uh, Invisible Man sequel. So we we meet um, all of the real main characters very quickly, and we learn a lot about them because of the, um, you know, six or seven-year-old style uh, storytelling. And then... Um, it's fairy tale. Yeah, okay, fairy tale. That's a good way to say it, um, which are designed for children, so that's fair. Uh, so immediately upon um, exiting, he, of course, Larry buys the cane with the wolf head. Um, the cane head is a wolf head. Yeah. And it's got a pentagram on it, and she recites the poem about... Um, it, Even can, a man who is pure at heart. <laughs> and says his prayers at night can become a wolf when the, when the wolf bane blooms and the autumn moon is bright so we even have it memorized because you only hear it about five times in this movie <laughs> uh everyone seems to have it locked and loaded and ready to deliver okay so so here so here we've we've heard we've we've seen the the wolf the silver tipped uh or sil silver headed uh, wolf cane mm -hmm. with the pentagram on it and we've heard the poem and immediately upon leaving the antique shop here comes Bela Lugosi driving the carriage, uh, the, the gypsy mm -hmm. carriage uh, drawn by a horse. And uh, he's, uh, it's like, why, look, there's gypsies in town. What do you know about that? You know, so we've got, uh, we've met the characters that are going to uh, play a crucial role shortly when they go to do some, um, they go to get their fortunes told. So... Larry's not going to take no for an answer, and he goes to uh, the antique shop at 8 p.m., which apparently is closing time, as he said he would. First of all, I'm wondering, like, in this small town, why is this shop open till 8? Yeah, that's weird, because, like, I mean, uh, you know, shops would, like, be closed on Wednesdays or... Right, or at 3 or 4 p.m. Yeah, they wouldn't be yeah, open until 8 o'clock. sidewalks at 6. Yeah. Yeah, shops in London wouldn't be open at 8. Yeah. And they don't have days. to wait till 8 p.m. for it to be dark either, because that's part of, that's part of the storytelling. It's got to be dark, but it's mm -hmm. autumn, so it would probably be dark by 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. Anywho, 
So um, she's wearing the earrings he described when she's leaving the shop. And then uh, all of a sudden she like hollers to her friend who is supposed to, I don't know if that's supposed to be her wingman or if there was some other implication, but she's got this friend who joins her, Jenny, I think her name was. And um, not Una O'Connor. <laughs> There's no screaming and babbling. And they do head out together to go get their fortunes told by the gypsies. This is nine minutes of the movie, like mm-hmm. nine and a half minutes of the movie. Yeah. And we've gotten this far. I'm thinking, well, holy shit. Now, there was an inconsistency. Bela Lugosi uh, as Bela, that was a stretch, uh, the gypsy, is going to tell some fortunes. And at one point, he dramatically you know, brushes his hand over his forehead, uh, kind of pushing his hair back. And you see the pentagram on his forehead, like kind of off toward his temple. And um, so we kind of get the idea he's got the mark of the werewolf. And there's there's some other reciting of the poem again. Uh, he gets very freaked out when he's telling Jenny's fortune. And uh, to avoid her being such a cock blocker, uh, Larry takes Gwen for a walk uh, in the foggy <laughs> marsh. Mm, it's a beautiful foggy forest though, it's it? great man you can it's tell that's classic. like a lot of dry ice yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you seen it oh yeah, yeah i've yeah. seen it so it's been a while i mm. should have watched it again yeah at some point she's been run off by bela and then gets attacked by a wolf which larry intervenes to uh defend her and wrestles it and beats it down with his new silver tip cane and so we're less than 15 minutes into the movie. I'm thinking, oh, this is trucking right along, mm-hmm. you know, and the movie's only like, what, an hour and 15 minutes or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so one of the things that didn't make sense is it turns up later after he's been bitten and they get him home. You know, the, the old gypsy woman helps them get home. She's got a, Maria a, a little Uspinskaya. Oh, where's she from? Do you remember? Where's she from? Yeah. Like what's what other movies has she been no, in? Well, I actually meant, Oh no. Is she from another country? Or is she just playing? She's from Wisconsin, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, the the gypsy woman rescues them with her little buggy, like mm-hmm. a little cart. And um, the next day, Larry is—he's uh, been bitten. He's in bed. He's very upset. Uh, we know Jenny's been killed, and uh, it turns out well, the old gypsy fortune teller's been killed, and Jenny's been killed. And there is no wolf bite on him, but the guy was beaten to death with a cane and somehow had his clothes on because they mentioned he was barefoot. The wolf wasn't wearing any clothes. He was just a dog-like wolf. So shouldn't Bela have been nude when they found him? Clearly Mm. somebody came along and redressed him. (laughs) And they say you could always tell when someone's been redressed. Maybe not then. Yeah. You know, maybe, and they didn't find his shoes, so they, they redressed him clearly. Uh, probably someone who knew him. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they knew which, which leg he put his pants on first. Yeah. So, um, and I don't want to, like, talk about it scene by scene, but that, that was, like, a very... That's 15 minutes th- of th- the movie. That's 15 minutes of the movie, which I probably described in, like, 13 and a half minutes, and... <laughs> And and I'm thinking, well, this is kind of amazing. You know, we're we're just there's going to be like lots of transformations and stuff, and they're they're pretty chintzy with the transformations. I want to say there's only well, two. Those things took so long to film. Yeah, it was so painful. 
they had yeah. to be, they had to be stingy with them. So um, we do get to see uh, one that's kind of a you know a more abbreviated version of of the transformation, and then we see the the, the tiptoeing through the the fog that he does mm. to kind of make his feet look more dog like. And at one point, everybody's trying to figure out what to do because of these attacks. And uh, everyone's looking at Larry like he's some sort of killer. But his father, the Claude Rains character, um, wants to keep him at home and keep him safe. And at one point, even straps him to a chair and points him at a window so he can see all the people out hunting for the werewolf. And he gets loose somehow. I don't remember how, but he does step in a trap. And I'll have a story about traps later, but uh, this this movie is just so fun to watch again. Mm-hmm. You know, the opening title, the way they did the lettering, the hand done lettering, mm. looks all shaggy and yeah. curvy. That's even that's I'm, fun. I miss that. And they do these weird vignettes of all the people who are going to be starring in it. Mm. That's how they do the opening credits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like everyone's kind of like doing something and a little <laughs> vignette. So I really enjoyed that rewatch. Yeah. And, uh, have either of you watched it recently? About a year ago, I think. Yeah. yeah I have to rewatch it. It's, it's good. It's so fun. You'd had a few werewolf movies before it, but this was the one that set up that whole mythology that yeah. people think, oh, well, this is the old ancient folklore about werewolves, but it's from this movie. Yeah. yeah. It's the Universal Studios folklore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kurt Siobhanak. But it, it felt pretty natural in the context of the story. So I could see why it became the accepted mm-hmm. mythology that everyone would roll forward Yeah, especially with. once you had all the, the follow-ups. Yeah. Um, so repeating all the, the rhymes. And... Yeah, the pentagrams and the silver and all that stuff. So, yeah, that, w- that was a good rewatch. So what did they add to this? Was all of that? Or did they base the any pentagrams on... made up for the movie. Okay. The, uh, the poems made up. Okay. Wolfbane doesn't really exist, or does it? Yeah, there's it Wolfbane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I'm thinking of uh, what was it? Uh, tannin leaves from the Mummy. Oh yeah, those are made up. I'm sorry, I got that backward. <laughs> now Wolfsbane is a real plant. Oh. Uh, how about silver? Has that always been a? Werewolf yeah, silver. Silver's. I don't know if is it always werewolves, but uh, that's like a, a metal that's. Just, uh, regarded as something purity, yeah. So it can be used against various supernatural creatures, like yeah, vampires. vampires. And... <clears throat> I imagine work on werewolves. Do you want me to get my um, bear trap story out of the way? Yeah, sure. go for <laughs> it. Well, my father was always a collector of antiques and oddball things, uh-huh. and at some point when I was a little kid, he had uh, acquired a bear trap, which is a big steel trap. Uh huh. And what he would do, you would stand on either side of it to push the springs down and then yeah. open, open the big toothed jaw thing. And then there's a little part that you flip over in the middle. And he would set that with a carpenter's pencil, one of those rectangular pencils. Mm-hmm. He'd reach in and get that just right and then slide the pencil out, step off of it. And it was just a fun party trick he would do. Drop a, an aluminum beer can into it. And that thing, as soon as it hit that little trigger... The jaw would it would bounce and the jaw would snap shut on that thing and just smash it. You could just see the force of those teeth. Yeah. And it wouldn't just you know break the skin and poke in, but it would also no, no, possibly it'd, break bones. It'd break your butt leg. Yeah. yeah. So that was 
<laughs> I don't know if one of my brothers has the trap now that dad's gone, but uh, I imagine if either of them do, that that's still a party trick. Like, hey, you want to see what <laughs> want to see what a bear trap does? <laughs> so to see them setting traps in uh, the Wolfman, it was kind of fun because I know what those things do. I've been there several times watching that happen. Yeah, not on a leg or anything, but <laughs> but then Larry limps away. You know, the Wolfman limps away, but then Larry doesn't seem to have any serious effects from it. But uh, it was fun. Yeah, and uh, I don't really need to spoil the ending of this one because I think everybody who hasn't seen it should see it and everyone who has seen it knows the ending but um, all the sequels are fun to watch too Mm -hmm. Uh, Abbott and Costello meet the monsters was that the original title of Frankenstein Frankenstein yeah I know that they had maybe retitled it meet the monsters Mm, there was a there's a kind of compilation film where they had clips from their various horror related comedies called meet the monsters Now the one, yeah. the one where Dracula tries to escape, turns into a bat, and the Wolfman grabs yeah, him by the feet. Let's meet Frankenstein. Okay, so that Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is great. That's the best. Uh, <laughs> that's the best monster kill, maybe. I'm not yeah, sure. Right. If the, I'm not sure. Frankenstein if the bat. meets uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman is kind of disappointing because they don't meet until the very end, and then it's over really quickly. That is such a dick move on the part of the filmmakers. It's like you got to give us more than that, right? Don't give us the last well, seven minutes. it said they meet. It didn't yeah. say they hung out. <laughs> they just met. Get in a chat room. They didn't, sit, yeah. they didn't sit down and have poutine. Yeah, nothing. Nothing like that. Or donuts. In a glass Glaze of Glazed donut killer. <laughs> Cruller hand, Luke. So, uh, that, mm. that's, a, that's a great monster kill, though, is, is, is the Wolfman mm. leaping out the window and grabbing yeah. Dracula as a bat by the feet and plummeting from the castle into, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the rocks or the moat or the water or what. Yeah. But that, that was always a favorite. Mm-hmm. So that's enough about the Wolfman. Um, and uh, a clip from it shows up in the howling. but uh, then uh, In the background on a television? Yeah, but, but then it's like stuffed with wolf references. Uh, yeah. Have you seen, you've both seen I've Howling, seen right? Howling, yeah. Yeah, so people are eating wolf chili. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while it's since Joe I've Dan- seen the Howling. Joe Dante movie, so it's just yeah. stuffed with in-jokes and cameos. Oh, there's something I almost forgot to say, and I will spike this in somewhere, maybe right here. Um, there is a part where uh, some of the men who are on the mission to go get the werewolf or whatever... They're talking about that gypsy woman, and one of them says, that's what she said. Really? It, it, they didn't mean it the way we use it now, but they actually said the words, that's what she said. That's what she said. Huh. Yeah. So uh, I'll find that and, uh, you know, grab Drop that audio. That yeah. So you can hear that. Uh, maybe I'll play the con- the surrounding context so you get why no, they no said context. it. No, no context. No? Just the sound bite? Yeah, cut okay. all this out. <laughs> maybe we'll put it at the beginning and cut this whole part out. And people wonder, why why did they do that? You can't run away. That's it. That's what she said. Who? The gypsy woman. All right. So, um, what else? What else are we talking about as far as werewolf movies, Julian? So you watched Wolf Cop, and I watched Wolf Cop. I watched American Werewolf in London. Same here. Mm. Um, it's such fun. That's about it. I was going to watch uh, uh, Teen Wolf, but I didn't want to buy it. Mm, nah. 
I also watched Wolf of Wall Street, Dances with Wolves, and Wolf Hall, <laughs> which tells the story of Henry VIII as a werewolf. Okay. Wolf Hall, yeah. Mm. I would totally Mark Rylance that. was in it. It was great. It's on PBS. Chevy Chase. So, mm -hmm. so let's talk about um, American Werewolf in London for a moment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. I watched this on Saturday morning when we were getting our latest charming snowstorm spring snow yeah it was yeah. like oh three to five inches of snow is going to come down in the denver area and it was what about a foot and a half mm, i don't think it was that much. it was in some areas oh. here it was close to a foot and it was all heavy dense wet mm -hmm. snow and it was yes. crushing and destroying everything and yet everything it wasn't cold enough to really freeze so everything no. was also slushy as it was like I'll having get out. I was waiting at the bus stop when some asshole decided to splash us. Oh man! I hope everything bad happened to him that day. Somebody who lives their life that way will bring bad things to them. They just will. Yeah. They'll they'll meet someone else who's a jerk like them, and they'll get some trouble from that other jerk. It'll happen. We you can know. hope. Yeah, you can only hope. <laughs> So, um, American Werewolf in London, I was able to watch that while sipping coffee, not disturbed by anything or anybody. And when it was over, I did have to go out and do some snow removal. But I really enjoyed this rewatch because my other watch of this was not that long ago. Uh, I talked about it in a previous podcast. Yeah, it's probably six months ago or so. Thereabouts. And I asked Jolien, um, well, what would... That I... would start in, yeah, what? Yeah. yeah what... Questions about England. Yeah. Yeah, what, what would you do if you were a London cop and someone said Queen Elizabeth is a man? <laughs> Those kind of questions. And the storytelling on that one is so fun, and there is not a dull moment in that mm -hmm. movie. No. It doesn't drag Funny anywhere. Funny and scary. Both. Yeah. And the first time we got a really painful transformation from mm. man into werewolf. Yeah, which has set the tone for so many yeah now. i remember seeing that the first time it was just astonishing oh yeah, yeah that movie blew me away when i first saw it yeah in the dream sequence where and then it's a dream within a dream where you get the nazi werewolves mm. yeah oh man those are great <laughs> fun i took pictures because you can't screen capture unless you have special programs downloaded but i i took some shots with my iphone of my screen just to have those to maybe put put on our facebook or our instagram so will did you notice anything that you've forgotten about when you did you rewatch not really i mean i've seen this movie several times i'd meant to watch a lot more werewolf movies this time but it's hard to find them that they didn't uh, want six bucks to rent yeah i mean i had had dreams of watching uh the terrible silver bullet movie did you ever seen that i watched it just when we first started our podcast i thought so yeah um it was weirdly on like one showing of it on like i don't know tnt or something like that yeah just one showing. That was a werewolf movie I watched a lot as a kid, and American Werewolf in London. So, so and sadly I could not get Teen Wolf. Oh man, you you remember us talking about Peen Wolf? Yes. On our Shaun of the Dead episode. Yes. And we've mentioned Full Moon High. Full Moon High. Uh, so. But yeah. I watched Wolf Cop, and I don't think I ever need to see another werewolf movie. <laughs> did you get? Ever. Did you get through the credits? Yeah, I watched all of it. Yeah, so you know there was an extra little. There was bit an extra at the end. scene at the end, and, and that little... rap song. 
Yeah, that, wow. Let's, that, I, we'll outro with that rap song. I'll capture that. I can capture audio really easy. Yeah. Uh, picture's not as easy from, I, I from my computer. I can captures. Oh, can you? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's that's going to open things wide up for us then. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's terrible. Wolf cough. Terrible, but self-aware of its terribleness. I don't know if that gives you a pass anymore, but right. I think uh, I enjoyed yeah. it. I think. I mean, it was terrible. Uh, but I did get to see a cop's dick explode. (laughs) (laughs) And how often do you get that? Uh, also they had a poster in the background at the police station that said puppy poaching is illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you probably picked up more than I did because I was background watching it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was just, (laughs) it was so bad. It was so bad and weird and kind of exactly what you expected from wolf cop i expected it to be worse yeah maybe i didn't expect it to even try to tell a story or try to have any special effects or try to be funny i thought it was just going to be bad and dumb and that was going to be it but i kind of really enjoyed it yeah um they had the aliens or the at least the shape-shifting lizard people yeah i don't know it was a strange film it was really strange but it was on Netflix, so it was... Uh, it was Netflix, yeah. So it's something that we only pay... Do you do streaming only? Yeah. So you pay eight bucks a month and you can watch as much crap as you want. Yeah. And I have a <laughs> I have an app on my iPad, uh, Just Watch. So you punch in anything and it gives you all the streaming devices and everything. Oh, nice. Whether for, you know, purchase or free or whatnot. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Because I tried to find um, in the Company of Wolves, had no luck finding it anywhere to rent or download or watch for free. Yeah. And there was another one. I wanted to watch uh, The Curse of the Werewolf. Mm. I've got that one. Oh, you do? Of course you do. Um, That's a good one. It's, it's an English movie, so of course you've got it. Yeah. And, Hammer movie. And I watched... Um, it's a very handsome werewolf. He, yeah. Oliver Reed. Yeah, he looks a little a little wet or, or greasy or something in some scenes where his hair is combed kind of funny. Yeah, but, but like when he's he's the full on wolf man, he's got yeah. this like kind of frilly shirt and it's all torn open. Yeah, and he's exposing his he wolfy very, chest. He's like one of the most glamorous wolf men. I always liked the look of that werewolf the best, and I mm-hmm. never saw it as a kid. I think it's uh, must have been Roy Ashton. He, he did a lot of those hammer makeups. I mean, you saw the stills all the time back in the day, mm-hmm. and I never got to see the movie until very recently like in recent years yeah i do like the flaming hay bale scene and if, if you like that movie then um there's a the novel it's based on is uh werewolf of paris by guy indoor oh which is really epic like uh curse the werewolf is like a tiny part of it but the werewolf of paris is like ties into the whole siege of paris and it's like a, it's like this huge gone with the wind scale wow thing with with a werewolf in it. with a werewolf that's what gone that's with the really wind cool. was missing yes <laughs> <laughs> i would be watching that movie to this day i mean i would be re-watching i don't need to see gone if with scarlett the wind. o'hara turned into a wolf <laughs> or if she would what if she was a vampire oh and, and Rhett, Rhett, butler. Rhett butler's the werewolf yeah yeah i think we need to get on that mm. oh man. that's a remake that is a remake. instead they're just remaking magnificent seven I saw that. It's like, I also oh, saw great. Remake, a remake, a remake. Uh, a, a trailer. I don't normally watch trailers, but I had to because it was Birth of a Nation and High Def. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't realize I've made a new one about Nat Turner that actually looks pretty good. Uh-huh. But I was just like, did they re- are they re-releasing? <laughs> is this the Trump thing? What is this mm. going on now? They think they can make money off Birth of a Nation in mm-hmm. high def? That is weird. I thought they would do that. But no, it's it's a different movie. Just same title. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's not it's about, about Nat Turner's slave revolt. Okay, so it's not about the Klan. Uh, no. Okay. Not really. I they mean, might figure into it. They might figure into it. Yeah. It looks good. Oh. Well, good. That's something to look but forward why, to. Why use the same title as one of That's the most famous films ever made? There, there's probably some reason to, you know... Hmm. Yeah, filmmakers, well, a lot of times it's not anybody involved with the actual making of the thing. It's the distribution and executive creeps that get their own weird ideas. Yeah. They're like, it needs a wacky dog in it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, I should have watched the shaggy da or something is oh, that yeah. a werewolf movie it's well, a were it's a sheep dog <laughs> dog <laughs> were dogs <laughs> flu flu birds were dogs <laughs> why look at that dog he seems peculiar ah uh, what were and, we talking and, and men don't say now see here anymore now well that was an english thing wasn't it now see here i think that was a movie english thing <laughs> yeah that, they weren't actual english no yeah universal's like some sort of i don't know <laughs> fake english town you'd go to or something <laughs> little britain english land <laughs> english land let's go to england town little london well it's like uh the, the wolf man it's set in wales but it's like the same universal backlot yeah yeah and that all the, of them are in yeah, it's it's the, the, that lot they built for all quiet in the Western Front. Yeah. Now, there's something about how emphasis is put on things when, when you're English, when you say, oh, yes, we're going to watch The Wolf Man. There's a little more emphasis on the word man. Like, I first noticed it when Ozzy Osbourne was talking about having bitten the head off a bat when he was on David Letterman when mm. I was a kid. And uh, he says, well, it wasn't Batman. Batman. And, uh, it's, it's the emphasis on... The second syllable. Yeah. yeah. And I noticed that emphasis can really change the way things sound. And and, uh, and this isn't anything about the English. This is about, and I think it was, um, what's his name that was in T2? Um, uh, is it Jason Patrick? Robert. Robert, Robert Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Robert Patrick. Okay. I think Jason was... Robert. Robert Jason. <laughs> Patrick Patrick. <laughs> Jason, Jason, Patrick, Patrick. Anyway, cut this bit. Okay. So, um, it's Robert Patrick. I think it was him narrating something about the um, the first infantry, the 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 U.S. Army first in- infantry, also known as the Big Red One, mm-hmm. the Big Red One, not the Big Red One. And he oh, kept okay. he kept saying the Big Red One, and it's like the Big Red what? <laughs> so it was just where you put the just that subtle emphasis, and then the Big Red One started coming across you know such and such territory and you know shooting everything in sight. No, the big red one. The big red one. Not the not the big red one. There's a movie called The Big Red One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a porno, right? No. <laughs> it's, a, it's a communist porno. It's a communist porno. Um, Three thumbs up. I think if it if an English person understood why they were called that, then they would emphasize the one. Okay. 
but Batman Bat- and, and the Wolf Man. You know, that's the way you'd hear that emphasis. It was a little different when English people say it. Okay. And it doesn't matter. I was more using that as getting to the point of, of Jason Pat. So Robert Patrick. In the American Wolf, when when they're at the slaughtered lamb, could you understand what the people were saying? Yeah, pretty much, for the most part. Okay. Yeah, it's it, like when he's telling his joke about the plane. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I can understand that. Okay. Which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you understand, of course, that John Landis uh, really digs just engaging with people, and you know he loves being recognized i've heard stories about him hanging out in london and people going oh my god that's the guy that made the movie mm. and he he loves it he'll, he'll tell people yeah right over here is where we shot that oh did you notice that when um what's his face uh what's the main character's name um and david david when david's in um that call box uh that phone booth that somebody had scratched in the jam on there so the little band graffiti on there yeah I think that's pretty cool. Um, One of the cool things about that, um, Frank Oz, who, of course, has done the voices of um, Miss Piggy and uh, Yoda and all this stuff, he just turns up uh, as as a guy who's uh, from the embassy, if I remember correctly, and he's talking to David. And if uh, only he had turned up as Fosse Bear. Yeah, yeah, Fosse. Yeah. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> exactly. When I watched the uh, uh, the Holy, 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 um, uh, Woody Woodmansey, the, uh, he's the drummer from the Spiders from Mars. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he, he was wearing an animal T-shirt. Oh. Like the Muppets. Oh, cool. Yeah. The drummer, drummer <laughs> wearing great. a Muppet yeah, drummer I mean, shirt. That's... He's, he's like thundering away. It's great. That's awesome. <laughs> like, I was two levels of awesomeness. I would say the um, the dream sequences with the Nazi werewolves mm, are a yeah. lot of fun, and uh, of course David trying to get the cop to arrest him. I love that scene. Um, I think just the beginning when they're out on the moor and they're trying to mm. joke around and not be scared, yes. but there's clearly something out there. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty frightening bit. Oh yeah, yeah, that's really kind of realistic how yeah, it's, people kind of laugh it, it it's off. It's totally realistic because they're, ooh, they're trying to scare each other and then they're like, oh, and they're really shit, maybe there is something yeah. out there. They're, oh. It's an almost literal whistling past the graveyard. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, my wife and I went, went out to the country and we drove out. Uh, this was from New Mexico. Drove way, way out on a dirt road and we got out to just, you know, enjoy the stars and everything and we heard someone talking. Oh, no. In the middle of nowhere. Two guys talking in the middle of nowhere. Couldn't see them. And we both looked at each other and went, let's get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Jumped in the car and I drove off because I was not going to find out what was going Mm. on. No, you did the right thing. (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, we um, went up into some mountains in northern Idaho to hopefully hike around in an old mining camp. And this thing had been abandoned since probably the 1940s or early 50s and right at where you would park and have to walk in on this old road there was a camp of hippies that i you know now that i'm older i realized they were probably growing weeds somewhere Mm -hmm. in and amongst those old buildings and somebody started following along like they acted weird at, at first and one of them was wearing like a bullet belt like or a bandolier or something. So he had ammo on his person. And they were 
pretending to be friendly and saying hi and whatever. But um, when we got in there, you know, like a quarter mile in or whatever, we started hearing animal noises that were clearly being made by a human. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to scare us away, I think. Like we might see their weed plantation, (laughs) which we never did. We found some old bottles and stuff and then eventually left. It could have been a werewolf. It could have could have been. been a hippie werewolf. You're lucky you got out of there. <laughs> that's we should cut this out because that's another great idea. Hippie werewolves. Yeah, like, but not not nice hippies. Have you seen uh, Werewolves and Wheels? No. That's like a film that really needs to be remade. What oh. is it? Werewolves and Wheels. Okay. What is it about? Well, biker gang crosses a werewolves? satanic cult. Fantastic. And eventually uh, get turned into werewolves. Oh, you know what? I posted the poster of that on, mm. uh, I don't think it was Instagram. I think it was Facebook. And uh, I called it Wolfsploitation. Mm. Which, Wolfsploitation. Which I think it is. And a friend of mine, Dave, chimed in about that, saying that it wasn't it wasn't very good and that you don't get a lot of werewolves. No. Yeah. But really, at the very end, there's like one wolf man on the bike. What a ripoff. Yeah, that could be remade as an entertaining movie. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. like like (laughs) It's a good poster. But not peace love hippies, like Charles Manson hippies. That's what I think if you're going to put hippies in a movie, you want like dangerous bad hippies. Uh, Yeah. um, If you like that, then try I Drink Your Blood. Okay. Which is a pretty gross movie about kind of Manson-like gang of hippies who uh yeah they they move in on this town and uh they get fed uh rabies infested food and uh, they go even madder it gets, <laughs> it gets very gory wow that would be a good name for the remake even matter i drink your blood <laughs> yeah and i spit on your grave <laughs> it'll be a little pinkish but it, it went out on a double bill with i eat your skin Mm. I eat your skin, I drink your blood, I spit in your grave. Yeah. <laughs> I saw somebody on Facebook posting this lady's cakes that looked like she did one that looked like a severed head. And I mean, <laughs> but it, it was delicious. It looked really good. And but then they had cut a, a piece out of the cheek, and I I wrote, mm, "Cheek is the best part." <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a site called Cake Rex. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. W R E C. KS, have you seen that? Yeah. Is that the bad cakes? Yeah, it's just like people who are trying to make yeah, good cakes yeah, yeah. for special occasions, but they so like uh, sometimes it's like for a christening or something, so they mm-hmm. make this like realistic baby. Oh, <laughs> oh so <horrible>. creepy! <laughs> to cut into this baby with a knife. Ooh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's great, uh, either when they when they misspell things or take things literally from dictation i was gonna say you know i i love the one that's like happy right below this (laughs) birthday god loves everyone in a heart (laughs) that was another one they wanted it to be in a heart and have it say god loves everyone but they wrote god loves everyone in a heart (laughs) so yeah cake rex that's a good one rex i have to look at that yeah, it's um. What was the what's is it Regretsy? Is that the one where it shows yeah. all the bad Etsy crap? Or yeah. used to, not anymore. No, but. yeah, people have wisened up to that one. Um, yeah, that was a good one. Photoshop disasters is pretty good too. I like when people request 
on uh, Reddit or whatever website that someone helped them fix th their pictures with Photoshop. And you get all these sarcastic assholes that just do the weirdest, most terrible job. <laughs> like, on Reddit? Sarcastic no. assholes on Reddit? <laughs> Maybe I've been one. Uh, there was one where the guy was trying to do where you act like you're holding up the Eiffel Tower like it's a mm. little bell or whatever. And it totally did not line up for the picture. And it's like, can someone help me fix this? And then someone made their arm like Plastic Man where it's all squiggly and <laughs> curving around this way and that. Oh, fantastic. Which brings us to American Werewolf in Paris. Oh, God. Which we're not going to talk about. I didn't watch that one. Moving on. I think we've mentioned it before, haven't we? We and, have. Uh, it's got Julie Delphi's boobs in it. Yes, she, she's good. And, um, well, you know, if, if that's what you want, you could watch Killing Zoe and it's a much better movie. There you go. Yeah. Wasn't the original title of that dreamed up by... Um, John Landis? John Landis. Wasn't that dreamed up by John Landis? What, Killing Zoe? No. <laughs> American Werewolf in Paris. Because they were giving him a hard time about who he was hiring or what he was doing in the production of American Werewolf in London. So he started saying, well, we can just move our production to Paris. Mm. No problem. I don't know that story. And I don't believe he intended to make that movie. And someone made it anyway. Yes, you'd be much better off watching An American in Paris, which is fantastic. <laughs> What's that? I don't think I know this one. Oh, well, so that's the, that's where he got the whole title plate yeah. from. It's a Gene Kelly musical from the 50s. Oh, I've Gene never Kelly, seen it. Gene Kelly, Leslie Caron. Gene so Kelly's he, he's, a werewolf. Jab <laughs> <laughs> dances. Well, aside from being a, a werewolf, he's, he's this uh, struggling painter in Paris. So he's on he's there on the GI Bill or something. Yeah. And, uh, of course, meets this beautiful dancer, Leslie Caron. And, Who's also a werewolf. But the, or that, is she a vampire? the whole movie is, like, gorgeous looking. And then they, there's this, uh, like, 15-minute ballet sequence mm -hmm. in it where it's... Uh, but it feels like an hour. They replicate the look of uh, Toulouse-Lautrec paintings. Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. cool. Uh, it's, it's so well done. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. I like Toulouse-Lautrec, so let's watch that. You know, can you imagine, though, a tap-dancing werewolf would have all those extra, like, claws tap... You know, they could just move their toes and get all those extra taps in. Yeah. It'd be a totally new revolutionary way to tap-dance. First, tap, skip it by a werewolf. Tap-dancing werewolves. Yeah. Played by Chevy Chase. <laughs> no, thank you. All right, so... Um, of course, American Werewolf in London, totally worth a rewatch. Mm -hmm. Anytime. Several times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Watch, watch it anytime. Watch it anytime. Of the day or night. Do you like The Howling? I mean, I don't want to talk about it at length, but. Well, I wanted to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in years, mm -hmm. and I could almost do that one as a mind eraser. I remember so little about that that I think that would be worth a mind eraser episode. Um, they all kind of mashed together for yeah, me. Yeah, because like Rick all Baker advised on it, and mm -hmm. Rob Bottin did the, the special makeup effects. And yeah. tell, tell us why that happened. Because they, they were in production at about the same time. Well, did weren't they originally going to have um, American Werewolf in London? Weren't they going to have... Uh, they had Rick Baker working on that one. Mm -hmm. And Rob Bottin was going to assist him. But then he got pulled away to work on wow. The Howling. Do I remember that right? I can't remember that. There was some sort of uh, poaching of special effects artists. Mm. Uh, I could probably cut this out because I don't remember it accurately. But there was Special one... Special effects artist poaching is illegal. <laughs> it is illegal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and immoral. He must have gone on to the thing directly after that. So he was a busy guy at the time. Oh, yeah. 
and then RoboCop and all kinds of fun stuff. Well, that was a few years later. Yeah. yeah. But in, in, in that whole sequence of movies, there was just so much great stuff that got done, mm. like all in a row. And then all of a sudden, everyone started making crap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then CG came along and ruined everything. Yeah, the Howling, I, I, yeah, I watched it again uh, Monday night, I think, and uh, you, you think it's going to be really good. Yeah. It's got all those you know, fun cameos and uh-huh. the cast is good and the characters are likable. Then it is just kind of flat. Mm. Uh, maybe there's just too many characters. Okay. You don't get. You think you're going to follow the uh, one character, but then yeah, you follow this investigative couple for a while, and then it comes back to her. I have to rewatch I, the Howling. It's I really want to see that again. Yeah, it's got some really good bits in it. That's one of them that I couldn't find. I was going to watch it, and I couldn't find it for less than like six bucks or whatever mm. yeah rent. i had a terrible time trying to find werewolf movies i thought there'd be a whole bunch of them mm. out yeah there. it was hard and you know one of the best ones ever is just sitting there on netflix going hey american Werewolf in london watch me <laughs> well of course but you know I, um and my point is not to be a cheapskate but to if i'm gonna pay six bucks to rent it why not just go pay another buck or two and buy it from one of the secondhand disc places yeah i've got the blu-ray for about eight bucks i think yeah like second spin or one of those places they'll just give you american werewolf in paris <laughs> yes it's a yeah, I, I bought that for like three bucks and i felt yeah. ripped hey, off. here just go go <laughs> take it and go you could have bought a crueler with that yeah so um the howling uh not recommend oh yeah recommend it even though the werewolves look like big bunnies if I remember they right. They do. They have these big ears. They kind of look like my uh, Yorkshire Terrier. Um, <laughs> Only taller. Uh, that, I mean, the, the transformations are really good. Yeah. Uh, the, you've got that one guy who uh, played by what's his name off of the Star Trek series. Uh, um, DeForest Kelly? No. <laughs> um, uh, he plays the android. William and, Shatner? Oh, Data? No. Uh, Brent, uh, Brent Spiner? No, no, no. He's one of the other android. Uh, the hologram character. Oh, Oh, uh, Roberts. the hologram doctor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he Picaro or something. Yeah. yeah. He, he he plays this this. Uh, there's these there's these brothers in the in the Howling, and he plays one of them. Yeah. And the movie starts out with uh, the the reporters trying to track down this killer who's you know, and it, it's 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 really good uh, opening because it, it's kind of sleazy. She goes into like uh, the uh, like porno dives of Forty Second Street and yeah. And so it's all mixed in with all this like uh, imagery of these women being abused and this uh, this werewolf, you know, isolating her in one of these sex shops and yeah, trying to kill her. And that's a that's a good sequence. I have to rewatch the Howling. Yeah, I want to see it. And it's got John Carradine in it. And oh yeah, he's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's really good in it, actually. He's a creepy young guy. So, uh, for our listeners, can you give us a few hidden gems, like ones that you think are really good, but most people haven't heard of? Uh, the Beast Must Die, I, I really like. Yeah, that, so that, yeah I'm going to have to check that That's out. what made me think of it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's the last of the Amicus horror movies. Uh, came out in 74, I think. Have you seen this one? Mm-mm. It used to be on you know, late night BBC Two, Saturday night, quite often. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a favorite James Blish. I'm always happy watch. Yeah, James Blish wrote this short story. Uh, I forget what it was. Uh, the movie, um, 
the final the, the shooting script uh, they hadn't read that story at the time but uh, it ends up is fairly close in in the, in the original story one of the women is a, a witch mm-hmm. and there's much more made of that and there's, there's hardly anything made of it in the movie but basically what it is is Agatha Christie's story except instead of a whodunit it's who's the werewolf yeah so um what happened was the director made this movie and and uh he's he has you know it's shot at shepperton house mm-hmm. you know where, the, where they filmed some of the omen and um uh, so it's got this really cool locations and and this this guy has got these people together on this remote scottish island and uh he's he's this guy who's got lots of money he's been everywhere he owns everything and he wants like this ultimate hunt so it's got this kind of most dangerous game thing mm-hmm. going on and he's got cameras all over the island and but he's invited all these people here because he knows that one of them is a werewolf okay so he's going to suss out who it is and, and kill him and then and the cast is like uh uh so there's charles gray uh nice. peter cushing uh yeah it's a, it's a really good cast and uh um anton differing and uh, Michael Gambon in one of his early roles yeah. before he was a big name, before he was Professor Dumbledore. Um, so it's, it's you know it's a good looking movie and uh, uh, so the director made this movie and and he was he was all pleased with it and then Milton Sabotsky who was one of the people who the producers at Amicus mm-hmm. uh, he he was fond of taking footage that directors had made and then saying. Oh, I've performed a miracle. I've made a great movie out of what they gave me. And like re-editing it, <laughs> editing it how Aww. he wanted it. <laughs> so the director, so he comes back to the director and he says, I've got this great thing put into it. You're, you're going to love it. It's like, he, it's like William Castle used to do. Okay. So what, <laughs> the movie begins with this, this like, uh, 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 this like voiceover and these these titles, which explain that there's going to be a werewolf break. <laughs> so the movie's going to stop at a certain point, and then you have to guess who's going to turn out to be the werewolf. Okay. And which it does towards the climax. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was kind of appalled that this thing. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds. But really everyone cool. remembers that, you know. Oh. And um, that that gimmick. We um, need a director's cut. Yeah, the director will probably leave out that, but uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the 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 werewolf is actually you know it's, it's supposed to be a wolf that you know they had to dress up a dog because you know you can't really train wolves. Yeah. So with, you know, it's uh, they didn't have much of a budget to work with, but they had those great locations and a great cast, and you know, the art director had been on Lawrence of Arabia. You know, they had all these amazing people in front of and behind the camera. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's, it's but so it entertaining. Good, yeah. 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 It's really cool. You know, it's funny to think that all domesticated dogs pretty much share common ancestors with wolves, you know, because one of our dogs is a Chihuahua <laughs> and another one's a German Shepherd. And so <laughs> you look at like, well, this one's much closer to a wolf, mm-hmm. the, the big one. The little one thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> Dogs do not, this is something good for the listeners to know, dogs do not know what size they are or mm. what they're not capable of. And they all have some wolfy tendencies. But you can't, you can't kick a wolf's ass. 
That's the bottom line. Unless mm-hmm. you have a gun, you cannot kick a wolf's ass with a silver-tipped cane or anything and if like it's that. A wolf cop. Forget it, because he's he's talking like Scooby Doo and he has a gun. Uh huh. I did and like. He was a good shot. Yeah. And his pee seemed to burn those spray painters he peed on. <laughs> he did lots of awesome stuff. Oh man, I think the grossest bit was when he was trying to shave. Uh, and his beard wouldn't shave, and then they showed a real close-up of his, the hair coming out of his skin, and something about it was pretty gross. Yeah, the the movie was very um, had some slimy and hairy and gross. Had some gross bits. Yeah, but but it was fun. I will say that I was pleasantly surprised that it was as fun as it was. Yeah, um, it's more Evil Dead Two than yeah than Howling Seven. Right. We'll say. Yeah, one of the suspects in uh, the Beast Must Die, like you know, they set up all these red herrings. And uh-huh. So one of them is this uh, hippie, oh, and nice. uh, he like uh, shaves the back of his hands because he gets kind of hairy. So you think, oh, <laughs> covering up, maybe a werewolf. <laughs> no, no, nope. just a hippie. well, he might be. I'm not giving it away. Don't tell us. No spoilers on that one. Yeah, and you know, we probably didn't really need to give a spoiler warning on this one, but you know. I think it's more fun if the listeners can go enjoy these for themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Beast Must Die, definitely you don't want to have that spoiled for you. Yeah. I, I try and watch it several years apart so that I forget who it was. Oh, nice. A drawing room mystery. Yeah. With a werewolf. <laughs> Makes you want to play Clue, doesn't it? Perot turns into a wolf at the end. So if we go down the list of what we watched. Okay, Jolien, what were yours again? Uh, what's beast the must howling, die. the beast must die, and um, did, did you rewatch any others? Mm, no, no other werewolf. Okay, so the howling and the recently. beast must die are both recommends, mm-hmm. and Will and I both watched Wolf Cop, and I think just on its own super recommend. Yeah, on its own merits. <laughs> Two thumbs up, A plus <laughs> plus. Just watch the damn thing, especially if you have Netflix streaming. You watch know. it. And never watch another werewolf movie again <laughs> until Wolf Cop 2 comes out. Okay, and I watched, and we both rewatched American Werewolf in London, yep. which is a, a real no-duh kind of recommend. Mm-hmm. I mean, just watch it if you haven't. And it holds up so well. I mean, 30-some-odd years later, this thing holds up really well. Yeah. And David Naughton apparently is um, is just awesome when you meet him in mm-hmm. person. Um, until you ask him about American Werewolf in London. And then, and then he'll freak out. <laughs> Starts tearing his T-shirt open and pulling his pants off. <laughs> Not for any reason, he really. He won't turn into a wolf. He just That's just, how mad he gets. He likes hopping around with his pants around his ankles with his shirt torn open. It is threatening. No, but he apparently he's really good to his fans and, and has a fun time talking about the movie. Um, and I, then you saw the Wolfman as well. And the Wolfman. Now, that one is, and I know there are going to be some listeners who don't want to watch those stupid old black and white movies, but it is, it's got its own charm to it. And like I said, very, very childlike, or as you pointed out, fairy tale style and it's um, set, storytelling. Set Wolfman lore for decades. It did. Yeah. This, this, this is the one that started it all. And it's not boring. And it's not quiet like some of the earlier Universal stuff where it felt like a silent movie. <laughs> this one has a, a nice bombastic score going on and plenty of dialogue. And it's very lively and it moves right along. And you've got other great actors, Claude Rains and Bela Lugosi in it. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. And uh, 
the the uh, Universal Legacy Collection has um, not just that one, but several others in it. Uh, let's see if so I... The Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah, let's see. We've got, yes, that one. House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Dracula Werewolf takes... Of, oh, Werewolf of London's on here. Okay. Oh. And hmm. She-Wolf of London? Holy crap. Oh. I guess I should have flipped that over and read it. Um, I just bought that recently. Really? And the invoice, when I looked at it upside down, looked like it said, Wolf Men Can't Jump. <laughs> Seriously, it did. And then I turned it around. And it oh, I might have to get this because I've, I've not got House of Dracula. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. And uh, so that is a, is a, a really high recommend, not just because I grew up with it, but because I think watching it again uh, a couple years after my last rewatch, I really enjoyed it a lot and thought it was fun. So... We decided we're not going to tell anyone what we're doing next time, right? Yeah. Because but I, I made a suggestion. Yes, you did. So and uh, we can think about that. Yeah. Um, we could also do a mind eraser on something. Uh, something like Killdozer. <laughs> Killdozer. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out, and maybe maybe we'll post you know, like a teaser ahead of time so anyone who wants to watch and then listen can do it oh that's not a bad idea yeah we can instagram it and facebook it and then if anyone's paying attention and wants to you know find their way and follow along they can yeah all right cool, cool. anything else we want to cover before we get out of here nope no i think i'm good i'm gonna go watch wolf cop again <laughs> i've not seen this yet i have to find a copy okay it is not good, but... I'll see if they're good at the library. It's something. It's not good in a really good way. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really not good. I liked how he wore lipstick, it looked like. Yeah, he had really pinkish Yeah, and lips. it was clear. Oh, man, this movie. Come on, makeup artist. You got everything outside of that okay. Yeah. Ooh. The claws, the face, the ears, the, everything was fine, but the lips were definitely... So are there any werewolf movies you need to see that I might be able to lend you um, I'll bring in Curse of the Will for next week yeah I want to see that one I think I've seen that one but uh, I'd like to see it again okay and I definitely check out The Beast Must Die mm-hmm. sounds good it's fun stuff this thing has four discs on it mm. I think I got it for ten bucks on Amazon okay I'll yeah. definitely look for that yeah the, the, the Universal Legacy Collection stuff is all really pretty complete so definitely worth it all right, so let's say our thank yous and goodbyes and get out of here. So Stay off the moors. Stay off, stay the, moors. off the moors. And thank you for listening.